Hello and welcome to Simon Says Let's Talk Business on Business Radio X. I'm your host, Al Simon, with Sandler Training. And as usual, on this show, we talk with high-performing business professionals, sharpen their skills, learn new ideas and concepts, share best practices, and get to know smart people. We have some smart people with us today. So listen carefully, take notes, and look for their contact information at the end of each segment so that you can engage with them. And as always, we will conclude with a sales tip from yours truly. So today, just pumped, excited. We got uh, two great companies represented here today. We got Kip Rapp, the CEO of Concora. Welcome, Kip. So tell us uh, about about Concora. What is it? What is it y'all do? Thanks, Al. Thanks for having me. It's uh, we're a software company. It's uh, SaaS based. We work with they're called building product manufacturers. There's manufacturers that sell into commercial projects. So Kohler, Delta, anyone. If you're building a hotel or a bank, uh, there's manufacturers that sell all the building materials. And uh, their goal is to help architects, engineers, and contractors. And we provide them a software platform that allows them to do business online with their potential buyers. Okay. So so you sell your service of SaaS is software mm-hmm. as a service. So you sell your service to the AEC, the architect, the engineer, the con- No, no, you don't. You sell it to the manufacturer. <laughs> to the, the manufacturer. Whose, whose yeah. client is, yeah. is our AEC, yeah. architects, engineers, and I'll get it in a minute, contractors. <laughs> That's fine. Yeah, we hear that, that buzzword AEC, and we hear the buzzword SaaS, and I, I just like to make yeah. sure that our listeners are clear on that, and I messed up the, the chain of command here. So <laughs> you sell to the manufacturers yeah. who are trying to do a better job of working with architects, engineers, and contractors. Did I get that right? That's right. Okay. Yeah. All right. Very cool. So tell us about building manufacturers, building material manufacturers. I mean, you're talking about what? Wood, obviously, right? What yeah. Else? Yeah. It's uh, to think about it, it. It's like you're building a house. Um, if you're building a hotel and anything inside the house or hotel is uh, building materials could be chairs and lights and walls and floors and mm-hmm. insulation, all the things that are hidden, all the things that are seen. Uh, so it could be plumbing, electrical, and uh, it's e- even things on the envelope of the building. So it could be the walls and even outside the building. So if there's e- even uh, the concrete or the piping sometimes or the lighting fixtures outside too. So it's all, um, it's, it's something I didn't realize and understood when I started, but it's a, it's a quite a fascinating industry and it's, it's a, certainly an industry that's, uh, going through digital transformation. Is it? Yeah. And, and certainly uh, as you mentioned with COVID before, it's, it, the, the need that, that you see with these architects when they're, um, let's say they're designing a hotel and you're an architect and in the old days you would do it on blueprints and then you would use 2d cad which was great but it's a digital environment but today it's it's a it's a very digital design process where you're designing in 3d and you instead of having a physical example and a blueprint you need the manufacturer to provide you really good product content and they go to your website and what a lot of manufacturers have a challenge today is providing a very good experience that's geared towards that architect, engineer, and contractor. Uh, so it's a web experience. It's a great content. It's great tools. And in that example, that architect, if they're putting in a Kohler faucet or shawl carpets, they would like to have a 3D version. And they don't want to build it themselves. And if it takes too much time or money, 
that's not a great experience for that architect, and they'll likely choose another manufacturer. And so that's why the digital transformation, the website, the digital strategy are all very important. And traditionally, a lot of the manufacturers, they're very good on the uh, residential side. They sell to Home Depot. They have photos on their website. But if they're trying to gear towards a buyer journey for the architect, it takes too many clicks. The content's not there. It's not accurate. You can imagine if that faucet is not accurate. Yes. They put that on the job site, and then there's a change order. And so that's something that we have a passion for, both for big companies and small companies. Okay. So you really make it easier for architects, engineers, contractors to do business with the manufacturers by helping the manufacturers give their prospects a better experience. Yeah, that's right. A a great experience that's on the website. Uh, Every architect, engineer, when they're looking to uh, use manufacturer's product, they're looking to go to the manufacturer's website and they're looking for a place that they can trust and use, something's consistent, because time is money. And if you're able to help that uh, engineer, that contractor, that architect with providing sustainability information, providing them with good tools to create proposals or providing them with good content, then they're going to keep using your product. Makes sense. Makes sense. Okay. You mentioned some challenges that the manufacturers might have um, meeting the the AECs, right? I mean, tell us more about how you've helped with that situation. Yeah. So their website traditionally, as we mentioned before, a lot of manufacturers have good websites and yeah but they're not exactly supporting that digital buyer journey that's needed by today's architects engineers and contractors and so good examples like a lot of people they might use wordpress for their website (coughs) and then when an architect goes to that website that's built in wordpress from that manufacturer and they're looking i I need your sustainability tools i want to create a proposal i want to uh, find the best product for my building project those tools lack or don't even understand what's really needed by that architect. So it's not very purposeful for that journey. And so that's how we help. And, and a lot of manufacturers, uh, they, they understand the need because they get calls from the architect says, hey, I, I, I really want to use your product. However, you're missing this content here. I need this drawing here. They leave a voicemail and it's not the best experience. And so that's how we help is by giving them an infrastructure. Most of the manufacturers off-the-shelf infrastructure like their website, their content management systems, the way they update products, it's not really designed for the commercial business. And so they'll either take a long time to do it, yep. uh, they'll have to hire expensive consultants, and that's where we have a very good differentiation because we can provide a very out-of-the-box experience that's made for the commercial business. So you say out-of-the-box. I mean, it's just easier, right? Easier for the manufacturer's prospect to buy from them. That's right. Bottom line, That's really? Right. Yeah. Okay. It's a, it's, so it's easier. It's it's and it's and it's obviously more accurate. Helps them not have change orders and such. Yeah. So so you must have uh, a really good way of of training the manufacturers how to use your product because you don't you have to customize it for each individual manufacturer. Yeah. So for example, if they have an existing website and they have, uh, let's say they have a hundred products, mm-hmm. and so a lot of the times we can just make use of what they have today on their website and take those links and put it into a better user experience. And since we have, um, we also have a way for they can manage the content themselves and publish it like a normal content management system. And what's really nice is that when they provide a better experience for that architect and they're going to allow them to do business online, we provide that 
interaction data back to the manufacturer. So if Al, the architect from New Jersey, is building a hospital and goes to this manufacturer site, we can give that back to the sales team so they can have very meaningful conversations with Al and, and help uh, support them with questions and, and build that relationship so they could further ensure that their products are being sold. How did you know I had questions about how the sales team gets involved? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But that's critical. And I mean, so, if, if, you know, if I'm a salesperson and, and, and my prospect is that, that contractor or architect in, in New Jersey, I'm going to want to know, you know, what are they doing with us? You know, what, and what do they need? And how can, I, how can I make sure that they got what they need? So good stuff. Good stuff. Okay. You've got this, this uh, service, software as a service. You, you sell it to manufacturers. It helps them uh, because the, the, uh, the architects, engineers, and contractors have a better experience, so they want to buy from the manufacturer and make it easy to buy from the manufacturer, easy to work with the manufacturer. What's not to like here? Yeah, it's, it's I'd say, a category that's new. Um, yeah. A lot of the manufacturers that we talk to are used to doing it how they've been doing it before, and it's challenging. Yeah. It's they'll work with the marketing agency. They'll work within their own systems that aren't well focused for this journey, this buyer journey for the architects. And so our goal is to evangelize and let them know that there's a, a new way to be able to solve this challenge in this new digital economy. And as we talk to them about what's needed by their design community, these architects, and how they want to do business online versus 10 years ago, and, and a lot of this is too because the whole construction, building a building, it's very digital today. It's very virtual today. And it's, it, it's because of that, because it increases quality, reduces time, increases profit. And so you have these new trends in the construction industry, which means then the people that are using your products are wanting to do business with you differently. So it's like before the internet came out, now you have the internet. It's like, well, how do you use this stuff? <laughs> yeah, that's right, everybody had to figure that yeah. out. And yeah. so that's our goal is as we talk to these leaders in these manufacturing companies, the VPs of sales and marketing, and tell them what's needed today and why that's needed and how that can help you get business outcomes that you care about, which is growing more product sales by meeting that digital buyer need and then letting them know that this is really hard to do yourself, right? Mm -hmm. And this is something that within 30 to 60 days, we have a very good experience. We enable that design journey right on the manufacturer's website. It's private labeled, it's in their brands, it's transparent to that visitor, that architect. And within a week, you can see the increased traffic. Uh, you see the real people that are visiting. A lot of the manufacturers just aren't aware of who's visiting their website. That's true. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. That's not just in manufacturers, but in many other businesses, too. <laughs> it's you like, gotta, who's visiting? Yeah, yeah. you've got to know that, yeah. Yeah, so uh, how did you get involved in this? How did you what, – what, what's your story here? Well, I, I was in Seattle four years ago, and I was uh, searching for opportunities, and this one was just fascinating. I always loved yeah. working at entrepreneurial companies because of the effort and the results that you get and being able to utilize your – uh, uh, all your experience and technique and yeah. it's, it's something that I have a passion for my backgrounds in product management is it okay yeah so it's been quite a journey and it's all as uh, Enrique said it's all about the people yeah. you know great people make great companies and and having a passion for others and and it's it's a it's a, it's a very good last four years of experience excellent yeah Sorrell you have a question or a comment uh, yeah I, I do have a question combined with a comment I'm fascinated by this right and I'm wondering how are you using the what you already know about the needs experiences of the architects the engineers and the contractors to 
craft a journey for them, maybe using artificial intelligence, like you already know what they want and the products are there, is your product doing that, crafting as you go, aiding them in a way so that you increase sales by already meeting their needs? Yeah, it's a great question. What what being from a product manager background, you focus on solving problems by looking at what your customers need and what their customers need. And the the big challenge was understanding what architects want today versus mm-hmm. what they wanted 20 years ago. And yeah, AI would be awesome. I, it, it's it's down to three fundamentals: is that if you're an architect, <clears throat> you need to be able to specify a chair, a faucet, uh, an air conditioning unit. And in today's digital economy, they go to your website, number one, because we know that because we talk to architects and do surveys, we do phone surveys and email surveys with Mm -hmm. engineers and contractors, and that's what they're telling us. It's like, please make my life easier. It's really hard today. I only get so much money for this project and time is money. And the manufacturers, if they could do X, Y, Z for me, and after you talk to a lot of these uh, folks, you, you have those commonalities which then boils down into a good web experience, good content, mm-hmm. and good tools. And so that's what we try to keep it simple and with high quality, and we grow on that. And so we're excited because there's a lot more problems that we can solve, both on the architect and the engineer side, but also on the manufacturer side. But it, it, it's, it's really listening to them and then yeah. evangelizing that to the larger market so that the whole industry can improve. I love what you just said. So you're focusing on a good web experience, Good content, good tools. That makes it easier. Okay, so once again, uh, we've been talking with Kip Rapp, the CEO of Concora, as a uh, SaaS uh, organization that offers a service, selling to manufacturers to make it easier for them to work with their clients, which is architects, engineers, and contractors. Great stuff. How long have you been? You said four years ago. You, how long has Concora been around? They've been around more than 10 years more as a services company okay and that part of my mission was to help with the technology side the technology opportunity was there they brought you in and you're doing great stuff that's awesome it's been a fun ride i'll bet i'll bet (laughs) just moving from seattle to atlanta might be a fun ride not as fun (laughs) (laughs) so kip if if people wanted to get a hold of you and your organization what's the best way to do it Certainly, yeah. The website, it's a great place to go. It's uh, concora.com, C-O-N-C-O-R-A. And I'm uh, reachable. My email is kip.rapp, R-A-P-P, at concora.com. Excellent. That makes it simple also. Yeah. Really good stuff. So, yeah, thanks for joining us. This is really good. This is really good. Yeah, it's been yeah. fun. I appreciate the time, and it, it, it's definitely appreciated that you're able to help us get our message out there and help others. Well, you're obviously helping others, making it easier for people to do business. Really good stuff. So manufacturers should should uh, should buy from you so they make it easier for their prospects and clients. This is Al Simon with Sandler Training by Simon Inc. and uh, Business Radio X show. Simon says, let's talk business. Sorel Ketan. So, so we got people who are doing a great job of making a good web experience and making it easier for their prospects to buy from them. And then now you're going to help those CEOs be what? The, more the effective, c- more the productive? C- the CEOs of those companies, like the founders, uh, everyone wants to be successful as uh, an individual and as a company. Yes. And uh, so ExecuFit, and I would say I exist, to ensure that individuals, teams, 
and organizations maximize their contribution and their fulfillment. Because, you know, in, in the final analysis, Al, people want to make a contribution. And there are cogs in the systems, both human and organizational, that minimize or even thwart on many occasions uh, their contributions and their fulfillment. So uh, we exist to assist uh, CEOs and owners and founders and organizations to not only create that environment, but sustain it. And we anchor ourselves in this thing we call personal leadership. Okay, personal leadership. You know, so when, when you look at any organization, any relationship, whether it's an organization of 10 million people or two, you've got human beings at play, right? And for the organization to produce what it's aimed to produce and deliver what it's promising, it's relying on the personal leadership and ownership of each and every and our process focuses not on teaching you to become a leader but really to remove the barriers to the expression and the exercise of that leadership effectively so i i firmly believe that if you're a human being you are a leader yes yet there are barriers to the expression and effective exercising of that leadership and mostly given that you're a human being those barriers are hidden from you so uh we create the space where individuals and teams can effectively assess what i call their personal leadership effectiveness and uh, it's of their leaders uh, no of themselves of themselves okay themselves okay so because see the thing is that that that's that's where i think uh things go south when i'm assessing your leadership (laughs) Uh as opposed to assessing my own see the beauty of living a fulfilled life and being a top contributor in an organization is to be whether you are at the top of the organization or the bottom of the organization to be continually in the space where you're assessing your own leadership effectiveness and bringing to the party your expertise, your experience, and your network as a gift to that collective. And you know what? Human beings aren't wired to do it that way. They're not. They're not. <laughs> so we're talking with Sorel Ketan, the founder and CEO of ExecuFit, talking about effective leadership. And you yeah. mentioned a word, Sorel, uh, when you first started talking. The word was thwarted. And I'm always intrigued when anyone uses that word. It's not, it's not a word you hear a lot. You, you don't hear that a lot, yeah. you know. And to me, that word has this significance. There's something that you are innately intending to do, some way you're intending to be. And yet, however hard you work <laughs> at it. <laughs> just can't get there. Right? You just can't get there. Yeah. Something Barriers. is thwarting you, right? Yes. That's the and, and you yeah. don't know what that is. Yeah. So a personal leadership effectiveness uh, starts this way. Now, if I were to ask anyone, including you, Al, including you, Kip, how are you defining success? You'd very likely have answers to that that are very familiar to everyone. And they would involve what I call the five Ps. Okay. That would be prosperity, 
prestige, position, pleasure, and power. I don't care how you slice it. If you're the leader of the company, you're looking for these five Ps. And when somebody says, how do you define success? You'll answer in terms of these five Ps. Yet, power, prestige, position, pleasure, you name it, focuses on the individual. It focuses on me. So to the extent that I'm in an organization pursuing these five Ps for me, that in and of itself is a thwarting agent. So how do I go beyond that? Well, I first go beyond that by realizing that I'm doing that. <laughs> yes. But how do you teach that? How do you get people well, over that? Here's the deal. Uh, we don't teach leadership. You actually don't need to teach that. It's a funny thing that uh, when something's hidden from your view, and all of a sudden you can see it like plain and day, like the hand in front of your face, there are actions that are right there. There are words that are right there to say and use. So we don't teach leadership. So it's not about having a profile for the ideal employee, a profile for the ideal CEO. It's about assisting each and every in discovering the barriers and when the barriers are right there in front of you actions are right there uh, you know if you don't mind i'd love to tell you a little story well i don't know we may be out of time no, i'm just kidding just kidding <laughs> just kidding let's hear the story come on well you know like kip i, I think uh, birds of a feather right i i love living and working to make a difference so for the better part of uh 15 years right now i'm from haiti I have been going to Haiti using this very approach to instill that methodology and have leaders mm -hmm. from the grassroots. I mean, you're talking about people who live in rural Haiti. Uh, some know how to read, some don't, but they have nothing. So this group of people cultivate sugarcane. Mm -hmm. There's no road from the sugarcane plantation and the distillery right they press the sugarcane create syrup the majority of their barrels stay and rot in the field mm -hmm. so we're having this conversation to discover what's thwarting their business yes and uh, they got to say collectively we can't sell our syrup to the distillery because the government has not built a road for us in a conversation, one of them popped and goes, well, wait a minute. Maybe I'm more interested in blaming the government <laughs> <laughs> than doing something about what I'm complaining about. There, right there is an aha moment right there. Most people do blame instead of taking responsibility. Absolutely. But yeah. you know what? I do it. But more often than not, I don't discover it for myself. And if I do discover it, I'm not going to tell anyone else that I'm doing that. <laughs> so in an environment where you want to create a team that's effective, that works well, you also need to create an environment where the discovery isn't personal and individual. The discovery becomes a collective thing that gives people in the organization the opportunity to create a language that is common to being and exercising leadership 
and a language that gives them the opportunity to hold each other accountable without that being a threat. So guess Makes what? Makes sense. When that group of people in Haiti realized that they were more interested in blaming the government than taking action, guess what they did? In less than two weeks, barefoot, with machetes and hoes, they cut themselves their own road. <laughs> and to this day, they're maintaining that road. Are they really? And to this day, their business has more than quadruple. Now, did I teach them leadership? No. Everyone has the capacity to be a leader and exercise leadership that So what way. you did, let me make, make sure I get this right. What yeah. you did was you enabled that person to say, hey, wait a minute. Yeah. Right? Hey, wait a minute. So that's where, that's where the breakthrough can come through. Yeah. So how do you do that? How do you get people to say, hey, wait a minute? <laughs> when you realize the impact and really feel it for yourself, the impact of sticking to the status quo, mm -hmm. you want to do something about na naturally. And all it takes is a little nudge. So the way we do it is simple. We have a conversation. We create a really safe environment where the entire team, in the context of an assessment that we conduct on 10 key characteristics of what it is to be successful in life as a leader. Hmm. And as we're consulting and coaching executives and team members, it's not sort of esoteric. It's really very pragmatic. We're saying, okay, now that you've done the assessment, let's take a look as a team and as an individual, where do you see gaps? Right. And what can we create together as a plan of action to address these gaps. Now, in addition to these gaps in leadership, we love to work on the court. And what that means is either you're an individual or a company, you're actually implementing an initiative. Now, we'll sit together, and for the first time in many times, in many instances, Al, you've got, imagine this, you've got a group of people interested in power, prestige, position, pleasure and for themselves right that's one that's before the assessment right. and then after the assessment you've got a group of people who are interested in exploring what would it look like if I'm now looking at power prestige position pleasure and from the perspective of the team okay now if you've got the first group planning your project or the second group planning your project which do you think might deliver a more comprehensive an effective plan. It's always better when you're not focused on yourself. Exactly. Always. The second. So yes. they create that plan with our coaching and assistance. Because as you're creating a plan, it's essential to see how the innate sort of automatic way to be and behave creeps in. And since you won't see it for yourself, to have someone in the mix who goes, hey, <laughs> you're creeping up again. You go, oh, wow. And then you can even at times force yourself to think differently and create a different plan. And I'm guessing the name of your company, which is a very unique name, has something to do with what you're talking about. Exec U Fit, right? Absolutely. So E-X-E-Q-F-I-T. Yeah. Tell us about how that name came uh, about. 
You know, I named the company that so it could remind me of why I did it in the first place. Uh, to me, it's this. You can see something new. Mm-hmm. You can see what's thwarting you. But until you take an action consistent with your new view, you're in the same old place. Right. So execute stands for execution and executives not executives in the way we think about it it's executive you i don't care if you're the guy loading the truck you're an executive in that post because you're executing on something exactly yeah and fit is for my recognition that everyone is fit to be a leader yet you might need to do a few push-ups. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the, that's the key part, right? Because, like you said, you said to yourself, you know, they can have that aha moment that, yeah. hey, wait a minute, but actually taking action on it is a, yeah. is a different thing because different people thing. like the status quo. Yeah, somehow it's, it's comfortable. Thing. Very, very comfortable. It's innate yeah. in, in in human beings. So now we've talked a lot about being a human being and being stuck in what's comfortable and automatic for a human being i want people to know there's nothing wrong with that it just comes with the package (laughs) good for human beings (laughs) exactly and there's nothing wrong with wanting power there's nothing wrong with wanting pleasure that also comes with the package and the people who work with us come having made a distinction between achievement and success and they realize that you know achievement is temporary success could be eternal in the context of my success when created in the context of the collective the team lasts forever mm-hmm. that's how people grow yeah that's how they grow they get yeah. out of their comfort zone think in terms of the team yeah awesome so yeah again we're talking with Sorel Ketan the founder and CEO of ExecuFit and I could talk about this stuff forever yeah, we Surreal, could, right. and, and, and you know what? What I want yeah. people to remember is this. It's, it's, it sounds simple. It is, but it's not easy to stick to it. Yeah. So, uh, what, you know, if you ask me the question, does everyone need a coach? I would say, no, I wouldn't say that. But I'd say the people who are committed, the people who are intentional about producing the results they want – and the people who are intending on making a difference beyond their own five Ps yeah. get a coach. Because yeah. they know that having a coach, having someone or an organization in that capacity in the mix provides sort of, it's like a, an eye above the fray. Well, you, I mean, <laughs> skills and knowledge aren't enough. Yeah, right? exactly. Yeah, I mean, there are barriers, as yeah. you mentioned, that are thwarting growth thwarting progress, yeah. thwarting uh, making a better life for people. Who, are you, you're working with companies, obviously, the people in companies. Mm-hmm. Any particular kind of company is your target? Uh, I don't target a particular kind of company. Rather, we target a, a company that's at a specific stage in its growth. Which is which stage? If you, if uh, startups are a little hard for us to work with, so we work with established businesses, small to medium sized businesses that are okay. generating uh, two million and up. Uh, they, the, the environment is ripe 
for human beings to be human beings. Right. Okay. <laughs> getting thwarted and wondering why are we getting thwarted? <laughs> All right. So, so our listeners who are part of or who know of established companies, to me in and up, how would they best get a hold of you? Uh, we've created a very easy way to get a hold of us. Which is? People love their mobile phones. Pull out your mobile phone right now and type in the number 21,000 as a number that you're texting to. Okay. And all you have to text to that number is my first name. S as in Sam, A-U-R-E-L. You will get a digital card that will give you all of the ways to connect with All me. right. So text. Sorel. Sorel. S-A-U-R-E-L to. 21,000. 21,000. That sounds easy. Yeah. Sounds easy. Yeah. Sorrell, thank you for being with us. Kip, thank you so much for being with us today. Been a great show. Been a great show. So, again, this is Al Simon with Sandler Training by Simon Inc. And the show is Simon Says Let's Talk Business. And it's been a terrific show. And as always, we'll wrap it up with a sales tip. Typically, what we do is we have listeners that send in their questions on sales and sales management to me. Uh, my email address is al.simon at sandler.com. And uh, so if you've got a question about sales or sales management, send me an email with your question. And it just might find yourself getting it answered on the air on Simon Says Let's Talk Business. The listener's question that I'm going to talk about today says, what do you do when you can't meet with the final decision maker? Huh. What do you do when you can't meet with the final decision maker? And that is... A very, very common issue, first of all, and most important, get high early. Okay, so what do I mean by that? <laughs> I don't mean smoke marijuana at 9 o'clock in the morning, but never, never mind. Get high early means in any organization that you are targeting as, a, as your prospect, as soon as you can get to the highest possible position of the person who can make it happen and who can release the funds, you know, cut the PO, whatever it looks like, sign the contract, the better. Now, sometimes we have an inbound lead and that inbound lead slots us to someone who's lower in the organization. And then that, that's great, but it creates the problem. Okay. If that person that you now slotted it with can't make it happen, can't cut that PO, can't sign that check, can't give you the credit card number, can't you know, sign the contract, then we've got a problem. We have to be able to get up higher. So exhaust all efforts to get higher. And, and, and there's lots, lots of good ways to do that. One of the best ways is to say to the person with whom you're talking, with your, whom you're, quote, slotted, to say, you know, what would be the next step? May I suggest this and this and this? And why don't we get who else, whoever's involved in on that meeting? That, that phrase, why don't we? is really important in this thing because you can use whatever words you want for the rest of it, but I want our clients to use the words, why don't we, with their prospect who's not high enough because that makes the, the problem solvable by both parties, and then it becomes a group effort to, get, to make it happen. So exhaust all efforts to get as high as you can, but if there's a situation where you just can't get to the ultimate decision maker for whatever reason, you know, they don't make themselves available, uh, or the person that you're slotted against is 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 thwarting your efforts, Sorrel, to get there, which happens. Then you've got to do what we call the virtual decision process, which in, which is fairly involved. So so you want to take notes here. The virtual decision process says this: 
So let's say that that I'm calling on you know, Enrique, and Enrique's boss is Kip. But Enrique won't let me get to Kip, or for whatever reason, even though Kip's a great guy, he won't talk to salespeople, so I can't get to Kip. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to work with Enrique, and I'm going to ask Enrique if he would like my help <laughs> in, in what he's going to take to Kip. And, and, I, and in that conversation, I'm going to do what we call the rehearsal, have Enrique actually rehearse with me out loud how he's going to present this to Kip. And, and I'll ask him questions like, and what, what question do you suppose Kip might ask here? And, and what would Kip be most, most worried about there? And so we have this conversation. It's pretty involved. It's going to take a while with me and Enrique to go through this. And then at the end, I'm going to ask Enrique two favors. The first one is this. Enrique, after I present my solution to you for you to present it to Kip, so after I present it to you, would you do me the, uh, a favor and tell me if it was up to you completely, and I know it's not, you've got to get Kip's approval and all that, but if, let's suppose that it was just all up to you. Would you tell me whether or not you would say yes to my solution or not and or not is just fine and so you know let's say Enrique says sure I'll do that Al and then I'll say this and then I would ask a second favor based on what you know about Kip would you tell me whether or not you think he would also say yes or not and that's going to tell me a lot when Enrique answers those two questions so again to summarize if you if you can't get to the ultimate decision maker, use the virtual decision process where you do the rehearsal and the two favors. But please, please, please get out of your comfort zone and get high early. And that's the sales tip for today from Al Simon. It's Sandler Training by Simon Inc. If you have a question for me to, to, to answer on the air, go to al.simon at sandler.com. And once again, this has been Simon says, let's talk business. Kip, Sorrell, thank you so much, guys. Appreciate it very much. Great show. Everybody, good selling. Mm -hmm.